Mac Power Users, episode 439, Our Home Offices. Hello, everyone. This is David Sparks. I am joined today by my pal, Katie Floyd. How are you doing, Katie? I'm well, David. How are you? Good. Uh, this is going to be a really fun episode today. There's a, uh, a post in the discourse forum. Uh, it started out, we've got a whole thread where people are sharing their home screens and somebody had the idea of, well, I'm going to share my home office and they put some pictures up, which opened a whole discussion. We've we've actually created, uh, added to that category. So a bunch of listeners are doing it now. We thought it would be fun to share what's on our desks these days. I've actually got a few surprises for Katie on this episode, so that's going to be fun. Yeah, so it's fun. We've been looking at people's home screens. We've been looking at their iPad screens. Then they expanded it to show us their their desktops of their computers. And then they started showing us their actual desktops and, and what's on their desks. And then they expanded to show us their whole home offices. So we've really expanded the category. And it's been a lot of fun to see some of the uh, the environments that people are working in. You, you can see that some people have taken great pains when they're taking their picture to, you know, tidy up and make everything look just so because I can't imagine they really work like that in real life. Um, and some people are just like, whatever, I'm just going to take this picture and it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, at the same time, my daughter is in the process of moving out of the house. I'm going to have an extra room that I can turn into a home office. And I'm deep in planning for that. And I did a post on that in the discourse forum too. I'll, I'll link that in the show notes. So uh, I'm looking not only at what my desk is. I'm, I'm thinking about where it's going to be in a month or so. So uh, this is just going to be kind of a fun episode. Before we get started, however, uh, a couple announcements. As this show airs, we're just a few short days away from the MacStock conference in Chicago at, um, um, not just north of Chicago at Woodstock. Uh, so make sure you, um, if you're in the area, say hello to me. I'm hearing from a lot of MPU listeners that are going to be there. We're going to do some kind of meetup. I've got a bunch of stickers, like yada, yada. So I won't bug you any more about that on the show, but don't uh, miss, miss out on saying hello to me if you're going to go. And uh, thank you, everyone, for all the love for the new Automators podcast. It's the, the numbers are just flying through the roof, and we've got lots of great feedback on the, the shows as they're starting to come out. And, and just thank you. I, I've always thought that show would be a really good fit with the Mac Power users, so I appreciate the love. Okay, let's start, Katie. Um, I think before we talk about what's on our desk, maybe we just take a minute to talk about what is our desk. What, what kind of desk are you using? Well, I guess maybe to have that conversation, we should we should back up and little and talk a little bit about the the environment that our our home office is in. Um, I know ours are are very different home offices. I was very fortunate. I I bought a new house. A, it's, actually, it's been a little over a year now. And one of the reasons that I bought this house is it had probably what I would consider almost my dream home office setup. Um, I, I don't know how common these are in California. They're, they're pretty common in Florida, but a lot of people will create what are, what are called these bonus rooms. They're, um, some people will start them unfinished and then finish them after the house is finished. And I think that's what this was. I, I bought this house uh, from someone who had already been living in it, so it was completely finished. But it is a, my house is all on one floor except for this bonus room, which is a, a second room, a, a separate room above the garage. And so it's it you you still enter through the house, but it's a, a flight of stairs above the garage, and it's a a big open room. It's it's probably twelve by yeah, let's call it twelve by eight. I haven't measured it recently, uh, but it's the size of a, a a two two car big two car garage, and it's above the the garage, 
And so I'm sitting up here completely separate from the rest of the house. So it's it's nice and quiet. And it um, it has a half bath up here. It, it would be a great room for for a teenager. I, I must say, if I was a, a teenager, I would have loved having this room. And it has a window that overlooks the, the front of the house. And so I have this this home office set up completely separate from the rest of the house. Anybody else in the house can be doing their thing. And I, I don't bother them. They don't bother me. And I'm sitting up and I have a desk that is built in to the uh, the bay window area above. Um, and I, I sit here, I record my podcast, I do my work, and I look out over the, the front of the house and out into the rest of the neighborhood. I can see anybody who drives up, anybody who wants to do anything. And just my little perch uh, at the very top of the house looking looking out over my own little world here. Nice, nice. I am... Um... You know, when I left the firm, I knew that, you know, we have a, a relatively small house. The problem in California is everything is so expensive. So we have a three bedroom house and we have four people that live in the house. And um, I really didn't have an extra room and I can rent an office. I actually do kind of have office space I want, but most days I work from home. We do have a big enough master bedroom that basically a corner of that has been my office now for over three years. And it's time for me to get the hell out of here. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, you know, it's just, it's just not, it's not a long-term solution. But when I knew my daughter was going to be moving, um, I decided, well, we're going to be spending a lot of enough money, you know, paying for her apartment. I don't need to go get a separate office. And uh, frankly, I'd, I'd prefer to work from home because I'm moving increasingly into video production with some of the stuff I'm doing with Max Barkey. So uh, it all worked good, but for now I'm just, I've got a corner of the bedroom and, that is literally like within weeks of, of ending. Uh, but my desk itself is a next desk that uh, I'm not even sure they make them anymore. It's a sit stand desk. I bought it about six months before I left the law firm. Uh, when I was, you know, spending more and more time working on Max Sparky stuff, I wanted to have a sit stand desk. And this one at the time was the one recommended by Wirecutter. Uh, since then, they've changed their recommendation. And frankly, they're a little cheaper now, but it's a bamboo a uh, large size desk with a motor on the leg so I can work sitting down. And then when my watch tells me I can push a button and the desk lifts up and I can stand and work at my desk. And I do that many times a day. In fact, I'm standing right now as I podcast. That I, I do like the desk that I have, but I will tell you it's, it's really more of a, a piece of cabinetry because it's custom built for, for the space. It's, it's big. It's probably about, uh, if I had to guess, I would say five to six feet long. It's probably about three and a half feet deep and it because it's built into this bay window area. I guess you could have something custom. If, if you pulled out this piece, it, it would, it would, it would take a really specialized piece to fit in it. You could, you could certainly put a desk in here, but, um, it's, it would definitely have to be a custom set. So I, I think I'm kind of stuck with the the custom cabinetry for a while, though you can get some of those. Um, in fact, at my my office, I have a standard desk that kind of came with the office that I do have one of those very desks, uh, you know, sit stand desk modifiers on. And it's not great, but it's it's fine. I mean, it's not something that I would want to have at my home office because of the, you know, the look and the aesthetics of it. But but functionally, it works for being able to stand a little at the office. Yeah, those things look terrible. And honestly, um, like I was just looking while you were talking about the Veradesk, a good one is $400 where a good sit-stand desk now is like six or $700. It's not that much more to get an actual sit-stand desk. So 
you know, the, the parts have got cheaper. They, these things have got popular enough now that, you know, the, a lot of the early costs have left. And I, I'll tell you, if you haven't tried one, I would recommend at least thinking about it because there's some truth to the fact that if you sit all day, if you sit for eight hours at a time, it's very bad for you physically. And there's a whole bunch of, of um, studies on that. And I just find the, um, the switching between sitting and standing several times during the day. And now that I've been doing this, I think I've had this desk over four years now. Um, I, it, it never wore off on me. You know, the novelty never wears off. And I do find that sometimes just standing up and working standing uh, kind of helps me with my energy level as I go through the day. And um, it helps me get through the day and keep working. So I, I really am happy with the purchase of my desk. So we've talked a little bit, David, about your desk. Why don't we talk about what's sitting on top of your desk? Yeah, that's uh, something I've been meaning to tell you about, Katie. Oh, boy. I have an iMac. Well, yes, I know that. It's dark. Oh, gosh. What, yeah, it's dark. What, what did you do with your other iMac? I um I had a friend that that bought it and I so I had my my setup was we have an aging MacBook you know just the the, the you know like what they call it, the MacBook adorable now and we had yeah just the one port regular MacBook yeah I had a MacBook Pro that I was using a lot towards the end of um until frankly up until iOS twelve or I until iOS eleven until the iPad got to where I could go on the road and use it more productively. And, but I wasn't using that much. And I had a friend who wanted the iMac because, you know, it was a two and a half years old. So, but see that, that friend might've been me. Why didn't you tell me this until now? Well, sorry. It just, it, it was, it kind of happened fast. And then I, um, uh, so I just through a variety of friends, I ended up selling a bunch of hardware and I had nearly em- enough to get the iMac pro, which doesn't explain why I bought it. I'll talk about that in a minute, but the, um, it just kind of worked out. So I got the basic iMac pro with one upgrade for, I doubled the, the, um, the SSD to two terabytes. And, um, I've had it now a couple months. I've been meaning to tell you about it, but I wanted to find the right time. seems like today's the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, the reason I bought it is I am making some big switches with Mac Sparky. If you listen to the next episode of free agents, I'm going to explain how, Um, you know, I'm kind of getting out of the book business and getting entirely all in on the video business, like uh, video courses and in addition to the video field guides. So, um, just for a variety of reasons, I'm starting to feel like the book, uh, element isn't going to be able to support me. You know, I mean, Apple's not sure what they're doing with iBooks author and there's a whole bunch of, you know, question marks around. And, uh, so I'm, I'm changing the, the idea to where I'm doing a lot more video production now. Wait, hang on. So are are we going to be talking less about text editors on the show in the future? Probably not, because I still oh. use them essentially to do all my preparation. Okay. But the um, either way, uh, so I'm, I'm doing a bunch of that. Then Samantha, my oldest, is getting a film and TV degree. So she's doing a bunch of film projects. And my youngest is doing a bunch of, of music production stuff. And just bottom line is we felt like it was worth it. And um, it's amazing. It's <laughs> just freaking amazing. The, uh, when you, uh, when I do a render on this thing, like I just did a screencast that someone hired me to make for them where it, it used to take like 30 minutes to render it. Now it renders it in like seven or eight minutes. It's crazy how fast this thing renders. It's, it's compl- now your original iMac, your 5k iMac was not a, not a sluggish machine. 
Well, no, it was, I mean, at the time, it wasn't the upper end. It was, it was also an entry level machine at the time, but it was a good one. You know, I mean, it was, it was the original Retina and uh, it's a good Mac. I mean, it still works fine. And to tell you the truth, uh, for things like email, OmniFocus, Microsoft Word, there's, I can't tell a difference between the two computers. They both work exactly the same. But whenever I do video stuff or screencast stuff, it, the, the iMac Pro is like a beast. And uh, the other nice thing about getting that was that um, it has a monitor arm attachment. So I got a visa mount for it and went ahead and bought the Amazon. Um, you know, Amazon makes a, um, uh, this was another recommendation to me from a friend that the, the, the basic Amazon uh, monitor arm, mm-hmm. I got one of those and uh, attach it to my desk. So, uh, you know, having 50 year old eyes, I can pull the screen as close to my face as I want or push it back or lift it up. And it's just another nice adjustment you can make with the sit stand desk. So I've got an iMac pro, the basic model with the upgraded SSD sitting on a monitor arm. Oh, and a really nice, uh, cool black keyboard and trackpad. Mm, okay. Wow. So you have been holding out on me for a while. Now, when did you get this? You said you got this a couple months ago? Yeah, a couple months ago. It took a while because I, I wanted to get, I wanted to make enough off selling the other devices that it wasn't going to break the bank to put it together. And it's been great, you know? Well, it's it's funny you should mention this because I, I, I first off, I have I have no news to share. I just bought three HomePods, so I, I'm, I'm out of the purchasing business for the moment. But um, I will tell you, I, I this weekend, I was so frustrated with my MacBook Pro and I was about ready. I, I like had the email partially drafted to um, send it out. I, I have this uh, local um, email group of for my local Mac users group. I, I had the email drafted to like send it out to to list the, the Mac Pro MacBook Pro for sale along with the I bought the uh, 24 inch Dell um, monitor, Dell 4K monitor that was the wire cutters pick. And there's nothing wrong with this setup. But to be very clear, if anybody uh, Mac Power users, listeners wants to buy this MacBook Pro, uh, uh, ping me. I, I might be interested. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. It's a it's a fine computer. Um, but it it's just not the setup that's right for me anymore. I have been since the 2001 Titanium PowerBook came out. I have been primarily a laptop only machine. And to do that, I've been a one Mac person and I have used my MacBook Pro connected to an external monitor. And that's how I have run since 2001. And times have changed and my life has changed since then. And so right now, which, which is a great setup, I've got the this MacBook Pro connected to this 4K 24 inch Dell monitor. And I've I've made some additions to this, like, you know, the Dell monitor was great, but it didn't have speakers. So I had to add a Dell soundbar to it. And the, the screen is good. And the the Mac has just it's never been my favorite Mac. The I've got all of these adapters for the USB-C stuff. I really should have bought a dock, but I didn't. And now I'm just you know, I've got all these cables on my desk that that frustrate me. And, um, you know, I've got every USB port right now is occupied. All four USB-C ports are occupied because I've got one going to the monitor. I've got one going to power. I've got one right now going to the microphone. I've got another one that's going to a a USB hub that, you know, plugs all kinds of stuff in. And then the monitor itself is a, a USB hub. So I've got a whole nother slew of things plugged into that. And 
you know, what caused my frustration so much this this past weekend is I was I was trying to swap out swap swap out, you know, and and convert maybe to HDMI and simplify some things with one of these little um, uh, anchor kind of mini mini hubs that I got, and you know that just that just wasn't work. It was creating all kinds of problems, and I just realized I don't hardly ever use my MacBook Pro as a laptop anymore. You know, I have a I have a computer at my desk at home. I have a computer at my desk at work. I've, I'm using the iPad Pro. You know, you'd be proud, David. I'm using the iPad Pro now for almost all of my portable work. I really think I just want an iMac at my desk now. Yeah, you know, that that's a thing. I mean, the iMac, I'm sorry, the iPad Pro, we just did a show with Matt last week where he's getting by exclusively on it. But like on the road, it is really useful. Uh, the iOS 11 is what really turned the corner. In fact, that's, you know, I had a MacBook Pro that, I, I found was just sitting on a shelf. I mean, that's what kind of, as as me and the kids started talking about, well, wouldn't it be nice if we could render this video a lot faster? And, um, and you know, I started thinking about, well, I've got a, a laptop that never gets used anymore. I could get probably, you know, 1500 or so for that. And I've got, you know, I've got all this stuff around. You start adding it up and you're like, oh, it probably is something we could afford. Um, and, um no, I get where you're coming from. And I'll tell you, the 27-inch iMac is a gorgeous computer. If you're used to sitting at a laptop, I mean, if you get one, just wait to see how fun podcasting is, where you can have all the windows on your screen, you can see the recording status and everything at the same time. It's just, it's wonderful. But I, I also accept that it doesn't make any sense for me at this point. You know, this is a 2016 MacBook Pro. It's a It's a loaded 2016 MacBook Pro. I've you know, got a, a 512 SSD in here. I've got 16 gigs of RAM. It's it's the maxed out processor. It doesn't make any sense for me to get rid of this machine. I'm I'm nowhere near maxing out the 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 process on it. It's it's a fine machine. It works just well, connected to what I need. And I would probably take such a hit and such a loss on it. You know, right now, I don't need a new iMac. So for you know, I've I've always been the practical one. For me, that's a it's a hard decision to make. But live and learn. Next time. Next time. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, so anyway, I've got mine on a uh, on a monitor arm, but you've got yours on a stand, correct? Right. So let me tell you a little bit about. Um, or actually, why don't we take our first break, and then I'll tell you a little bit about what's plugged into it. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Anchor. You can start your podcasting journey today by heading over to Anchor.fm/Mac. Anchor is the easiest way ever to start a podcast. You can record a high quality podcast, host unlimited episodes and distribute it everywhere with just one click. And it's completely free. The Anchor app has some of the most innovative features around, like getting voice messages from your listeners that you can integrate into your show, the ability to transcribe segments, turning them into videos that you can share, and the ability to add audio transitions and background checks. And they feature detailed analytics so you can see how many people are checking out your show. Plus, Anchor just rolled out the ability to record with up to seven friends anywhere in the world, and their audio quality is very good. You'll get high bitrate stereo sound, so your episodes are going to sound great. And for all of you iPad content creators out there, the Anchor iPad app offers easy editing tools, multitasking support, and the ability to drag audio in from other apps. So head over to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash Mac to find out more about what Anchor can do for you and your new podcast. And if you sign up there, your show could be featured by us in a future ad. Again, that's anchor.fm slash Mac. Go there now to start your podcasting journey. 
And thanks to Anchor for their support of this show and for giving aspiring podcasters an easy way to get started. So as we, we talked about, one of my frustrations was all this stuff that I've got got plugged into this this Mac to make my my life work. So um, I've got the MacBook Pro open. I don't I don't run it in clamshell mode. I've got that open to my right. Right in front of me, I have the Dell 4K display. So I've got it plugged into the Dell 4K display. Hanging off the, uh, so the MacBook is sitting on a, on a very old, I think it's a Griffin iRise stand. So just something to, to bring it up to, to eye level. And so that the base of the, the MacBook Pro is, is even with the, the base of the monitor. So I'm running in dual monitor mode. My, my main monitor is the 4K Dell display that's right in front of me. And then I keep kind of all my secondary screens over on the on the MacBook Pro screen. And then connected to the MacBook Pro, I've I've got several things. I've got uh, I have an external keyboard and mouse. I'm using a, a Logitech Performance MX mouse. And then for the keyboard, I'm using a Logitech K750. Um, that is a keyboard that has a very similar tactile feel to the Apple Magic keyboard, but it's an extended keyboard because originally Apple didn't sell uh, an extended Magic keyboard. But it's also um, it's also a solar keyboard, which means I never have to worry about charging and I never have to worry about batteries. So that's that's been great. And then I also have in plugged into the monitor, um, I have a sound bar because the monitor doesn't have built-in speakers. I have a uh, Jason Snell's recommended Blu-ray drive because you know Macs don't come with uh, uh, CDs and DVDs uh, drives anymore, and I occasionally have to either um, read or write uh, to a, a DVD drive. So I, I have that. I, I don't use it very often, so I've actually got that DVD drive stuck with some, um, some double-sided uh, tape to the very back of the monitor, because I use it so infrequently, so you don't see it. I'm kind of trying to control my cable clutter. And then plugged into, so that those are both plugged into the ports on the monitor. And then I also have plugged in uh, a USB hub that has a, a variety of peripherals plugged into it. Probably most notably, I have a, um, a an Ethernet adapter plugged into that so that I can connect wired via Ethernet to my, my MacBook Pro. I've got um, an external hard drive for uh, a big, uh, I think it's a four terabyte external hard drive for uh, for backup and archive, I've got my my ScanSnap. Um, I think those are, and then my my microphone. I think those are the the big things that I keep plugged in all the time. Wow, that was a lot of information, Katie. <laughs> the uh, so the let's just wind back a little bit. So for um, pointing devices, you're using a mouse instead of a trackpad. Um, didn't you used to use the Magic Trackpad and the mouse? I did. Um... The uh, I've I've always had some RSI issues, and uh, the Magic Trackpad I, I found after a while started to bother me. Yeah, I've got the Magic Trackpad, which I use primarily. Um, I've I tried one of the fancy Logitech mice recently because everybody said how great they are, and I just went into Best Buy and bought one and tried it for a few days, and I found that um, uh, just you know repeated clicking with the one finger wasn't that great for me, and I just didn't like the the method of running my hand all over the desk. I don't know. I just got used to trackpads and I know the shorthand for it. And, you know, this is app related to some degree because I use, um, what's the name of the app? Uh, better touch read. tool. Yeah. Better touch tool. So I've got a bunch of like secondary gestures. Like I have a gesture. If I hold three fingers down and tap one, then things happen. And 
Um, I use the force press on the corners to resize windows. So I've got the, the trackpad program so well that I just, um, I know I could get better if I used a mouse exclusively for a month, but um, why bother when you've got a trackpad and you know how to do it? So I, I largely use the trackpad. Um, I do have an Intuos, uh, a Wacom Intuos tablet that Mike Hurley talked me into buying at one point. And I don't use that every day. Now, the way Mike does it is he uses, because he has RSI issues, he puts the trackpad on the left of the, the keyboard and the Intuos on the right side. And he use that, uses that exclusively as his mouse pointer. And I've tried that and it gets um, frustrating for me because of the size of the Intuos, about the medium one. Uh, moving your hand, once again, it's like the mouse. You got to move your hand all over the place to get the mouse to the right place. But I do find it when I'm editing screencasts and some video work that is quite helpful. And it's really helpful when I open up Pixelmator Pro and I want to make photo adjustments. But it's not so helpful that I keep it on my desk at all times. I actually keep it kind of to the side and then I pull it out for certain applications. But but largely my, uh, my pointing device is the Magic Trackpad. Um, one thing I did, you talked about your monitor. This is, uh, one of the reasons, another reason why we did the show is I've got something else new and shiny. Um, I just recently bought a second monitor for my iMac and we've talked about this on the show. I, I've been threatening to do this for years. You know, every, every once in a while I put them in my Amazon cart and then I take them out and I decided, um, this week I was just going to get one and just try it. You know, Amazon's got a good return policy. And I thought I'd try it for a week and just see where I'm at. I can tell you I'm a, a little over a weekend and I'm definitely keeping it. Um, so I bought a Dell 24 inch 4K monitor. Is this is this my monitor? The same monitor I have? I don't know. I put it in the show notes so you can take a look. Um, the uh, it's it is um, it is um, a long. It is wide and short as opposed to the standard monitor size, and it's you know it's really made to be set um horizontally but what i did is i bought a second uh, monitor arm a visa monitor arm and i keep the thing permanently in a vertical position to the left of my imac so if you could picture it there's the standard kind of like movie size screen on my imac and to the left there's this really tall skinny monitor just to the left of my screen does that make sense mm-hmm um, and the way I use it is I use it as a reference monitor, like when I'm, cause I'm doing 4k video, I, you know, there's so much I want to tell everybody about me and video, but I can't really say much yet. Cause it's, I don't have anything to really share, but let's just say I'm doing a lot of video now. Um, but so when I'm working on 4k video, it allows me to have a whole bunch of tools on the left side of the screen and still see the 4k video in, in full size to check it. And, but I finding I'm using it for a lot of stuff. I, I built a bunch of keyboard maestro scripts. So, um, cause you can, in keyboard maestro, you can assign an app to a specific monitor in a specific location. So like if I type in, um, semicolon, just on my keyboard, on my Mac, semicolon R MPU, record MPU, it's going to open up Skype and my recording tools on that extra monitor to the left. It's going to open up a, um, a messages screen to Katie. So I can send her, uh, text messages while we record It'll open up the uh, Safari on my main screen and open up to the show outline. It just does everything automatically for me. And uh, with the two monitors, I'm finding now I've built scripts for most of my work modes so I can easily jump between them during the day. It's really nice. 
the uh the downside is it's the the resolution isn't as as tight and the colors are not as good as they are on the iMac monitor. Uh the iMac is is a better monitor. I mean it's 5K as opposed to 4K. So the little dots are smaller. Um but also I think just the color reproduction on the iMac is is far superior. But for a reference monitor it's fine. It was like 350 bucks so it didn't break the bank. And um uh, if I had thought this through at the beginning I would have bought the Amazon makes the um a double um arm, you know, where you can put two computers on. But since I did this two months apart, I actually have two separate monitor arms attached to my desk, but it's not that big of a deal. And um but my new setup is I've got two screens looking at me and it's really nice. So twenty seven inches apparently wasn't enough for me. Clearly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's it, you know for uh some of the production stuff i'm doing it's it's really nice to have those extra pixels and and i'm finding uses for it all day long like even just run a linda course on the left screen while i'm sitting here sorting through uh, files and things like that it's it's really nice i like having dual monitors even though mine is just you know the the 13 inch MacBook Pro monitor is, and then the 24 inch um, monitor on my screen. I, I find that I can shuffle a, a lot of little things off onto the the smaller 13 inch monitor. You know, like right now my Skype window is there and my recording windows are there while I have the main things that work working on the podcast on, on the monitor right in front of me. Now, are yours more situated where there's one monitor that's more centrally in front of you and, and the other one is kind of off to the side? Is that how it's working or? Yeah, exactly. I sit centered at the iMac. And then the other one's just to my left and it's just over to the side. And one of the things that I was thinking with the new home office, I'll talk more about that later in the show, but um, I, I always love the idea of a status board or some way of kind of having uh, information on your wall. So I've been thinking, you know, obsessively about this home office. Like, am I going to get a big calendar on the wall? Like there's some really cool wall calendars you can get, or uh, you know, how am I going to keep track of things? And, one idea that occurred to me is why don't I put like a big TV, like a 42 inch TV on the wall behind the iMac, just up and above. So I can look up and I could run an HDMI cable off the iMac and I could keep like fantastic Al up there. My Omni focus kind of like my own build my own status board off of my iMac. But the more I thought about it, I'm, I'm like, first of all, I have some eye issues where when I've got the glasses on that make it easy to see the computer screen, they're not going to make it easy to see something that's farther away. And then when I push the button on my I, on my desk and my, my computer rises, am I going to stick, is the TV effectively going to be behind the iMac at that point? And I don't know, the whole thing just seemed kind of goofy. And then I got thinking, well, why don't I just have a second screen right next to my iMac on my desk? And that kind of got me down this road. And I can tell you most time during the day when I'm doing legal work or even Max Sparky work, um, the standard setup that I have is on the, the tall external monitor, it's split in half, but it's not right and left. It's top and bottom. And the top always has my calendar in it because I do the block scheduling thing. So I, I've always got, you know, new calendar events coming up and the bottom half is OmniFocus. And that's the, I think that's the standard setup for most days. And and I'll put behind that things like social media, text messaging and things like that. So I can just do a four finger swipe up with my trackpad and then get access to the other ones. But largely the calendar is always on top and something of reference is below usually OmniFocus. So if I'm going to do legal work, I'll just type semicolon legal on my keyboard 
and it'll set up the calendar for the legal stuff. It'll set up OmniFocus in my legal um, perspectives and just, you know, everything's ready to go and it's working out really good. So how are you handling the clutter, if any, uh, on top of your desk? I think um, one of the things I didn't mention, I, I just talked about the things that were, um, you know, connected to my computer, but on top of my desk, not necessarily connected to the computer, I have a couple of things. I have um, a, a Qi charger for my iPhone. I don't know if we have the same one. I, I know you said you were thinking about getting one. Yeah, I got the one you recommended, the fast charge. Yeah, the, the RAV stand-up stand -up charger. Um, and that's been great. But it is one more thing on my desk. And then I also have um, two cords that just come up uh, that are power. One is just a, a lightning cord that is plugged into power. Actually, I think that one's plugged into my USB hub. So I think I can sync with that. And I do sometimes occasionally still sync with that. And then another is just a combo lightning and USB cord. Uh, you know how you can have those, those cords that are um, a mini USB cable, but then has a lightning tip on it. So it can be either. And it's just a, a pure power cord. And I keep that up on my desk because I have accessories that charge by lightning. I have like, you know, my mouse that charges by lightning. And then with all these cables going back and forth between my, my MacBook Pro and my monitor and then down under the desk and then to various things. I mean, I'm looking right here. It's kind of one of my frustrations, although they're very neatly, um, you know, uh, clipped together and bound together in nice, nice little rows. I'm looking at a bunch of wires sitting here on the back of my desk. Yeah, I mine is really nice. I, I'm obsessive about that. Uh, maybe we should just agree to put our, a picture of our desk setup in the uh, show notes here, um, just so people can see it. And and with mine, please pay no attention to the dirty walls behind it and everything. Our, our house is right now in a state of upheaval as we move everybody around. We're going to redo our own master bedroom too once I vacate, so everything is a mess. But but the desk is always very clean, and uh, the sit stand desk I have has two holes in it on the right and the left side with a, like a chrome grommet so you can pull cables up through it as you need. And I really do my best to keep most things off the desk that I can. Um, in addition to the computer off to the computer and the external monitor, I've just got the keyboard and the trackpad. And then I've got a, um, my home pod is on the desk as well. And, uh, I have the stand, the uh, RAV power charger that Katie recommended. I like it. I just wish there wasn't so much branding on it. You know, it says fast charge across the top. It says RAV power. I wish it was just black, but what can I do? And then the right side of my iMac is, uh, is the sacred territory where I uh, have a rotating uh, group of Star Wars dolls that make their way through. <laughs> Currently, I've got Chewbacca to my right here because I, I like the new movie, and I just thought I'd have Chewbacca out for a month or two. So no cable clutter? No, not really. Um, I take notes in paper too, and I've got some little, uh, I've got a little scratch pad here and a mechanical pencil that I can write things down. Sometimes people call and it just makes more sense to use the pencil. Yeah. I guess other things that I have on my desk regularly, I, I have the scan snap. Um, I have my, uh, my, uh, I have a lamp. I have, um, you know, a little, um, I, I don't know what you call it, a little paper holder thing that where you can, can keep a few envelopes and a, um, uh, a post-it notepad and and some pens, so a little pen organizer, desk organizer thing. And then my microphone is on a boom arm. So when I record the podcast, I, you know, pull it towards me. And then when I'm done recording, I, I push it away from me. So that is that is connected to my desk pretty regularly. I've thought about moving that off the desk, but, you know, it's uh, you use it every week. 
it sometimes multiple times a week. You just have to keep pulling out and put it back together. So I leave it on my desk for now. Yeah. As the, the picture of my desk will show, there's an arrow on the desk currently um, when that's a temporary thing with this move coming up. But I, I will actually have that off the desk once I get this uh, into my new home uh, for, for podcasting gear. Um, I guess we can wait. We can cover that after the next break, but the, I've got the boom arm, but I've got the road boom arm that uh, I think we both have. And, and I keep that attached to the left side of the desk. That was one of the changes with adding the second monitor. Cause I used to keep it in the back of the desk, but now it has to be on the left side and it's fine. I can just kind of push it out of the way when I'm not podcasting. Um, uh, so that's it for the top of my desk. I, I don't have a lot. I've got the, uh, the, the iMac, the external monitor and the keyboard and the trackpad and I, I and the home pod and the, the phone charger. I try to keep it to that as I, as much as I can, but I do occasionally have need to put additional stuff on it. Oh, you know what? I forgot. Of course. Uh, the other thing I keep on it is I have a, uh, a, uh, elevation lab surface um which is a a platform that you can set an ipad on and um so i i it's a it's a heavy metal uh platform it'll hold the large size ipad so my original 12.9 inch ipad sits at the side of my desk at all times and i largely use this as a workflow launch pad you know because i've got so much of my life automated with workflow uh, scripts that I just keep that on my desk most times and I can just open, I can just press a button and then have workflow, like run a script to create a project in OmniFocus or set a timer or one of the many other things I do with workflow. So I, I keep that on my desk as well. And that's, that's almost there every day. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you by Text Expander. Check out Text Expander for Teams and its support for a single sign-on. Just head over to textexpander.com slash podcasts. Text Expander is, without a doubt, one of my favorite entry-level automation tools for the Mac and iOS. Text Expander is a text replacement tool that will allow you to type just a short phrase and make keyboard magic happen on your Mac or iPad or iPhone. If you don't believe me, just head over to MacSparky.com slash TE snippets and you can download a bunch of my Text Expander snippets. For instance, I've got a really cool one called Foreign Thanks that gives you a way to automatically expand to say thank you in different languages. Like if I say France thanks, then it writes merci. And I guess I should apologize to everyone in France for the way I just said that. But moving on. Text Expander also has a team component, which is really useful. I am a Text Expander for Team subscriber myself. I've got some people assisting me with some of the back end on the Max Barkey publishing things. So when a customer sends a question or a request for an updated download code or something like that, my assistant helps by sending an email. Those email snippets are written by me and they're just the way I want them. And that's what you get with Text Expander for Teams. Your snippets get written and edited by your best writers. And they're accessible and searchable through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. So all of your team members with just the slightest training can use this great feature. A lot of times those emails include links that are always changing. That's another advantage of Text Expander for Teams. I can go ahead and make those changes to those links on my computer and the shared members get those links updated automatically. They don't even know that the links are changing. It just gets taken care of. 
So if you're on a team, Text Expander will change your life, leaving more time for what you do best. And for larger teams, Text Expander supports a single sign-on, that's SSO, and grouping accounts to make onboarding a breeze. There are a lot of big companies using Text Expander to make their teams more productive. Whether you have a thousand employees or you're a one-man shop, why don't you add Text Expander to your bag of tools as well? To learn more, head over to textexpander.com slash podcasts and let them know you heard about it at the Mac Power Users. You want to talk about podcast gear? Yeah, we can talk a little bit about our, our podcast gear. I mean, we won't make this a, a podcast-centered setup, but um, since it is an important part of what's on our desk, um, I think you have more than I do. I have intentionally kept my my podcast setup fairly simple. I I thought that I was going to have to completely revamp the podcast setup when we had this lightning strike a couple of months ago, but it turned out it was just cabling that I had to replace, so I, I dodged a bullet there. But I am I'm using um, the Rode Podcaster setup, which I know a lot of our fellow podcasters have kind of graduated away from. Um, it's still clunking along from me, so I've I've kept with it. Um, maybe one of these days I'll I'll upgrade to a a big girl podcast setup. But it, you know, it's kind of of the opinion that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I have the uh, the Rode Podcaster boom arm, which is clipped to the right side of my desk. It's there for a variety of reasons. It's just a a better place for it to be clipped out of the way and I'm right-handed. So maybe that has something to do with it. And it's, it's closer to my Mac for purposes of being plugged in and that boom arm will, will swing in and then swing back out of the way when I'm recording. And then when I'm not recording, uh, I do have the road shock mount that is uh, connected to that. So it uh, takes some of the, the little bounces out. And then I have the uh, USB powered road podcaster that is connected to my Mac via USB cable until a couple of months ago, it was connected via USB-C cable, but something happened and that either it was coincidental that that cable burned out at the same time I got struck by lightning or something weird happened, but uh, replacing that cable seemed to bring things back online. And then I just have a, a pop filter uh, attached to the uh, the boom arm of the microphone. So when I talk, I, I speak to you through the the pop filter, but that's been pretty simple. It's It's all pretty self-contained. And if you are looking for a fairly basic podcasting setup. I think this whole setup, they used to come as part of a kit, um, I think can be bought for about 350, 400 bucks. I, you know, I went through phases. When I first started podcasting, I had the Snowball microphone, which a lot of people start out with. And it was a great little USB mic, but it definitely had its limitations. And then from there, I graduated to the Shure system that you currently use. Uh, eventually, though, I wanted something a little better, so I bought the Shure SM87 Beta 87A microphone, which is about two hundred and fifty dollars. And then uh, one of the, and that's an XLR microphone, which means it it plugs in with that old traditional microphone cable with the three prongs inside of it. Uh, one of the downsides of using that is that you can't use a software-based mute like Katie has a an application she can run with a USB microphone where she can just push a button and mute herself. I have to do it through software separately or, or get a mute button. And I've had very poor luck. I've, I've had, I've owned two separate mute buttons for XLR mics and both of them have, have failed on me very quickly after I bought them. So, and all I can say is thank goodness for that because we could make so much money if you could hear the muted side of the podcast conversation that I have over here. No, I'm just kidding. And we could release that as like a, 
as, as like a B-side vodka. Yeah. Well, especially when I got, I have a cold for like a month and I'm coughing all the time, but I, I try to mute it even for Katie, but occasionally I miss one, but the, uh, either way. So I got that. But so when you get an XLR mic, I think the sound is definitely better. I know my voice sounds a lot better on this mic than it did on the old one. Uh, but, uh, you know, powering an XLR microphone adds a whole bunch of complexity and you have to put a piece of hardware between your Mac and your microphone to record. So with Katie's mic, she can plug directly into the back of her Mac and she's good. For me, I've got a device, it's called a preamp that you put in, you plug it into USB on your Mac and then you plug the XLR microphone into that. And it's got a whole bunch of knobs and dials on it. I used a Yamaha one for years, which was really good. It was just a little underpowered for me. And a friend of mine, the, you know, the the um, the premier preamp that uh, podcasters use is the USB Pre 2 uh, from Sound Devices. And um, a friend of mine had one that was used and because uh, it knew they're like $800 and I can't afford that. But um, but I got a used one and it works just great. And I, uh, I really like it and I've been using it. I don't have to turn the microphone up to 10. In fact, I had someone complain that I was a little overdriven re recently. So we're trying to get the setting a little better. So hopefully that's not, uh, the listeners aren't hearing that. Um, but it's, it's a great little device. So I, I've got these pieces for recording podcasts. Uh, and then uh, attached to the USB Pre 2, you've got a headphone socket so you can plug in a set of headphones. And I own a pair of the um, the um, Bose Quiet Comfort, I think 35s. I'll get the exact link in the show notes. It's a um, Bluetooth noise canceling headphone that I use when I fly, but they're super comfortable. And they're not ideal for podcasting, but they're good enough. I don't turn on the noise canceling, I just plug them in. They've got a cord you can plug them in hardwire them into the USB pre. So I've got those on my head. Uh, they're good for keeping the, the extra noise out. And I've got the USB pre. When we finish recording, I actually unplug the USB pre because I'm kind of panicked it's going to like burn out or something. So I, I, when I'm not using it, I unplug it and keep it on a shelf. But then when we record shows, it's one, it's, it's one more piece of clutter on my desk, but I like to see the readings on it as I'm recording the show to make sure everything's recording right. All right. So that about does it for podcasting gear. Uh, anything else on your podcasting gear? I think you, you, what do you use for your headphones? I, I use very basic headphones. In fact, I think these are, uh, I probably am going to have to replace them soon because they're, they're starting to get a little wear on the top of the head. I don't know why, but I'm using a, a pair of Shures. I don't even know that I have the model number. If I can find the model number, I'll, they're nothing impressive, but they're a set of cans that have a lot of cushion in the ear. I think we got them in the Macworld speaker bag a few years ago. Yeah, I know exactly which ones. I used them for years, except the problem was just the foam started to go bad in them. So they were getting leaky for me where noise would come out and they were making my ears sore. Yeah, we're getting to the point now where they're starting to make my ears a little sore if I if I keep them on for too long. So I think they're about to the point where they'll have to be replaced. But I will tell you that if you're going to do any significant podcasting, you're going to want a very comfortable pair of um, of earphones, uh, headphones, and you're probably going to want a pair of cans because it's important that you... Um, that, that you, you keep the noise in so that it doesn't leak out from around your ears. All right. So I, I do a really good job of keeping the top of my desk clean, Katie, but I don't do such a good job of keeping the bottom of my desk clean. <laughs> oh, I can, I can maybe help you out with that. So um, I have drilled a few. So one of the things that I'm fortunate about is, is, and I'll, I'll take a picture of my desk. In fact, what we can do is, is we can each start our own threads in the discourse forum about our office setups 
with with pictures and links, and then we can link to that in the show notes. One of the beauties of the Mac Power Users discourse forums that you can again find over at talk.macpowerusers.com is I think anybody can read them. You don't have to be a member to be able to read them. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link in the show notes so you can just click on the show notes and see it post. But because it's actually a, a piece of cabinetry, I've got a lot of, of drawers in here. And so I've got a, a set of two drawers on one side, a set of three drawers on four drawers on the other and a cabinet. So I can hide a lot of sins in this desk and uh, not have to see a lot of the clutter. But I've also um, you know, drilled a lot of holes in the side of the desk to allow wiring to run through. So I've run... Um, Below my desk, I've got a couple of things directly below the desk, like where I sit in the very back of the desk. And I've talked about this before, and I always forget the name, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I have a cable management system that I bought from Ikea. And basically, all it is really is a little wire shelf that um, that you screw up to the top of your desk. It screws up into the, the top of the desk. It's a wire shelf, and you can set things on that under the desk so you can set like little hard drives, you can, you know, wrap cables around there and it allows you to set things under the desk. So they're out of sight, they're out of mind. You're not constantly banging up against them. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a great little storage shelf that you can stick under your desk um, so that that stuff doesn't have to sit on top of your desk. Yeah. And I know what you're exactly what you're talking about. It's a little gray, like handle. We, we put on one of my daughter's desks. My desk, however, doesn't have any shelves, doesn't have any drawers. It's just a flat piece of bamboo. And, but the bottom, um, this is a nice desk. I mean, it had, it has a built in power strip at the, on the bottom of the desk. So you can plug in your devices. The idea is just one cord comes down to plug in the desk. Cause it's also going to drive the motor and the legs. And that largely works for me, except a couple things. Like for instance, I have added a, um, USB hub, um, and I'll get the exact details. I got a good one. I mean, you can get really bad ones that are unstable, but I've got a good one that's powered. So it plugs in under the desk and it's, you know, I use Velcro and electrical tape underneath my desk. And I'm going to, this is how much I love the audience. I'm going to put a picture of the messy underside of my desk, which I've never shared with anyone. I'm just going to put it out there because <laughs> there's a bunch of cords wrapped up under there. I've got, um, so I've got the USB hub under there. I've got a um, anchor uh, power device, you know, like that you take on the road with you. It's got like four plugs and, and one USB-C plug. I've got that under there so I can feed up power cords to, you know, to charge my devices on top of my desk. So I've just got one of those Velcroed underneath the desk. I've got a couple hard, I've got a time machine hard drive. I've got a, uh, a, an archive hard drive. We talked about our hard drives recently about our backup hard drives a few, about a month or two ago, but so I've got two little laptop hard drives velcroed to the bottom of the desk and then i've got cables running all over the place like i've got two cables stretch across the desk that are heading to a shelf that holds my um my scan snap which is to the side of my desk and so it's just a hot mess underneath my desk right now of cables and cords but i never see it you know and even when i push the button to make the desk go up i i really never see it so i don't care and so long as the top of the desk is really clean i feel better but uh, when I move offices, I'm going to really make an effort to get some better cable management um, devices to try and make it even tighter and neater underneath. Yeah. See, these are all things that could go on that that little Ikea shelf if you if you had one of those under under your desk. So you don't have to worry about the Velcro. I'd worry about the Velcro about things falling off or the Velcro 
getting tired, but yeah. yeah you would think, right? Uh, like I used to have, um, I, I retired it because it was like four years old and I knew it was about to die, but I had a, um, a Western digital, um, desktop external hard drive, you know, the ones that have a separate power supply and they hold the, the desktop computer size hard drives in them. Um, I had one under there and I bought at Home Depot, just the industrial strength Velcro. I mean, they're really, they have good, they have really good Velcro if you go to like a home center and I bought the fancy one and I stuck it on there and it was just hanging off there for four years <laughs> and I never took it out. I was, it was like my archive drive that I would take up there, but then I decided to replace it and I tried to peel it off. And I couldn't get it to come off. It was stuck so well. I Ultimately, I had to get a knife and kind of like push it in to separate the Velcro right at the source as opposed to just kind of uh, pull and yank. And I still think I might have broke the hard drive in the process because I heard something snap inside there. But I was in the, pro I mean, the hard drive was able to spin it up and delete it before I trashed it. But um, I think I broke the plastic housing in the process. So <laughs> you'd be surprised what you can do with a little Velcro. Well, going down down below my desk, I've got uh, this is a desk that I think was was built back in the time where you know you had big CPUs. Um, I think this house was originally built in two thousand four, and so the, the the little it's got a small cabinet here right next to where I sit that I think was originally designed maybe for a CPU. The idea being that a CPU would go in there, um, and then the cables would come out, and and then the monitor would go on on top of the desk. Um, which is nice. So I was able to to drill a hole in the back of that cabinet and and run some wiring. So I've got a I've got my Synology NAS drive is is down there as as well as another um, uh, another Ethernet hub I put down there. Um, what else have I got down there? Let's see. Oh, and some hard drives, and I've got some hard drives down there. And it, it does get a little little toasty down there, but the, the back is open to the cabinet. So um, it's, you know, clean on the front, but the back is open. So it's a little way to get some circulation. And then all of my, my power, I've got my APC is, is back down there where um, I've got everything plugged into a, a backup power supply. So I've got uh, lots of hard drives and other things, although they're under the desk, they're in this little little cabinet hidden under the desk, which is... Nice, because it sounds like you've got a lot of that stuff just kind of sitting under your desk, and mine's able to be hidden away in this cabinet. Yeah, I mean, so just to, I guess, paint the picture, mine is just literally, it's a piece of bamboo, so there's no, there's nothing to put them inside. So, so I, I tape them, Velcro them. The desk came with these little tie wraps that would, uh, that had double-sided tape on them where you could stick them anywhere you wanted under the desk and then tie wrap things up. But over time, those have all come loose. The double stick tape they used wasn't very good. And what I've found myself doing is just either using electrical tape or gaffer's tape to just like tape things to the top of the desk. And I can tape them down pretty tightly that way. And um, and it's there if you look. But I was just looking while you were talking. It doesn't look that bad underneath. And it's nice having everything I need right there. And th this is really my, you know, my computer desk. So this is the desk that's supposed to have that kind of stuff underneath it. All right. Anything else um, under or attached to your desk that we need to talk about? Uh, the APC you mentioned, I bought the one that you recommended. Um, and I have connected to that. The, um, the Eero is separately connected to that as well as the iMac. And the iMac, because all of my drives connected to it are bus powered. 
um, it works fine too. So if we have a gray out or anything, everything just seems to keep working for as long as it needs to before the APC runs out. But I keep that on the floor in the back. Now, do you have your Mac at your desk? Are you connected by Ethernet or are you connected wirelessly? Yeah, with the layout of our house, I've got the Eero and then I've got the Ethernet cable coming out the back of the Eero. So the Eero is, so I guess the answer is both, really. The Eero is, is getting the internet via Wi-Fi, but the but the I find plugging the Ethernet into the Eero and then back into the, the iMac gives me an improved connection. So... It takes the the um, the Wi-Fi element out of it for the last bit, but there is Wi-Fi signal that's getting it to that Eero box. Okay, so you basically use a Wi-Fi backhaul and then wired to the to the actual machine. Yeah, that's another thing that's going to change with the new office. I, I I can't wait to talk about my new office. I'm so excited about this. So when I moved into this house, I I think I we've talked about this on the show. I actually I, I had three days between. The time that I closed and the time that the the movers came and moved me in. So in those three days, I had painters and electricians in the house. And one of the things I had them do is I had them wire the house and I had them put multiple drops at my desk. I'm not sure I had them put enough, um, but I had them put three drops at my desk. The idea being that one was for my computer, one was for, um, you know, a router of some kind. And then one was just because, you know, why not have another one? And I've since used them all. And so much so that I've had to put a hub down there, but, um, I've, I've got wired. I'm not always connected because again, I have to have a, um, a, an adapter to connect my, my MacBook because, you know, nothing plugs into this MacBook, but I do like being, being wired when I can, because nothing, although, you know, 802.11n and Wi-Fi is fast, nothing, nothing beats having a nice hardwired connection. This is somewhat related. And I want to put a pin in this for the MPU episode, MPU plus episode this month. But Daisy told me the other day, she said, you know, with Samantha moving out, I think we could probably cancel our cable. Oh, I did see I did see a tweet to that effect I was going to ask you about on the next MPU Plus. And I said, really? And she says, yeah, I think I'm OK with that. And Katie, within two hours, we had our can- our cables canceled. <laughs> well, it, it takes about that long to do it sometimes. I, as soon as she said, OK, before she changed her mind, I, I canceled it. So it's great. But we'll talk about that at, at the end of the month. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's that's how I'm hooked up. the The Eros have been really good for me. Um, they they've improved it substantially, and it's been great. But but I do use a an Ethernet cable for that last little bit. Um, when I get the new office, I'm hoping I'm going to hire an electrician and hopefully run some cable. I'd like to have that that hardwired in. Yeah, well, well, I tell you what, while you've got the electrician there, just just wire your house. It it won't be that much. Just do it for me, okay? Yeah, all right. Just find a central location. Run everything to that central location, put your hub there and and wire everything out. And then no matter how many drops you think you need, double it. Double it. Yeah, I know. Maybe quadruple it, but multiple drops to every TV, multiple drops to your office, multiple drops in every room. Just except for the way our house is put together, it's it's not going to be easy or cheap is the problem that's kept me from doing it all this time. But I'm I'm probably just going to bite the bullet and, and get it done. It will never be easier to do than when the electrician is there. It will. Ne- and and while it's it's just as easy, it's it's minusculely more difficult to run two or three or four cables than it is to run one. You're already there, you know, just just bite just bite the bullet and do it. This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Fujitsu. 
You can learn more about the amazing ScanSnap line of products by heading over to budurl.me slash SSMPU. So you've probably heard us talk about the Fujitsu ScanSnap line of products on the show before, and that is because I believe there is nothing better than a full-fledged document scanner for tackling your worst paper nightmares. I've got a ScanSnap iX500, I've also got the smaller ScanSnap iX100, and I've got to tell you, they are amazing. The ScanSnap iX500 is my powerhouse scanner. It sits on my desk. It will scan a whole stack of documents in no time, and it is infinitely customizable. The ScanSnap iX500 will scan both sides of the piece of paper at the same time and has a document feeder that will hold up to 50 pages. This thing really knows how to eat paper. It will automatically OCR your documents as you go, so you don't have to worry about that. And you can set up multiple profiles for individual scans, for batch scans, for scanning to your computer, scanning to your favorite cloud service, and a whole lot more. You can also check out the S1300i or the iX100 if you need something with a little more portability. The iX100 is the ultimate portable scanner. You can throw it in the bottom of a bag or even in your briefcase or glove box if you wanted. It is USB powered. It scans wirelessly to a Mac, a PC, iOS, or Android device, and it's rechargeable so you can scan up to 260 pages on the go. And if you're scanning pretty much anything else, check out the SV600. It's ideal for books and magazines, maybe for those things you don't want to chop the spine off of. And of course, with every ScanSnap scanner comes the amazing Fujitsu ScanSnap software. You can scan to your Mac or iOS device. You can scan to the cloud. You can set up multiple profiles so you can scan in a batch. You can scan individually. You can scan to various cloud services. Whatever you want to do, you can configure the software. To learn more, head over to budurl.me slash SSMPU. And thanks, Fujitsu, for your kind support of the show. Uh, so I want to go back and uh, zoom out a little bit. We've talked about our desk, what's on them, what's in them, what's under them. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's around them in terms of what else we have in our, our home offices that um, are kind of tech related and and support the tech that, that we have in the office. Um, I, I am fortunate enough that I have a dedicated office. I know that you are are working towards that goal and, and we'll hear a, a little bit more about your, your great home office uh, plans later. Um, I have a, I, I have taken the closet in this room and I have dedicated that completely to being a tech closet. Um, it was originally designed to be like a clothing closet. So it had like a, a shelf at the top or maybe two shelves at the top and then the rest were designed for like, you know, hanging clothes. And when I had a handyman here one day, I, I had him put shelving all throughout the closet. So it's just, you know, wall to wall shelving in that closet it's fairly an expensive thing to do. You just go to uh, Home Depot or Lowe's and measure out what you need and, and just get the wired, nothing fancy, but just the wire shelving that goes across. It, for a project, it was probably less than 30 bucks in materials and the handyman's time while he was here to, to do it was wonderful. And so now I have shelving all throughout that closet and I've just got that closet loaded up and organized with all kinds of gear. So what I've done is um, I've got my Mac Mini now, headless, in that closet. I've got um, all of my networking gear in that closet. All of my ethernet drops that we talked about terminate in that closet. I've got power in an APC in that closet. I've got my my cable modem and my um, all of my networking gear is in that closet. So I've got the, the cable from the cable company comes into that closet. It connects to my modem, which is in that closet. And then it connects to the first line in my networking gear. 
is I connect to a Synology router. I, I use that as my my hub. And then from there to I have the the wireless routing features on that router turned off. And then I have an Eero set up in bridge mode to do all of the the wireless um, access points throughout the house are set up on the Euro. So that's how I have my um, my networking set up. And then I have a big, I want to say, I don't remember if it's a 16 or a 32 port switch in there that the um, that all of the other Ethernet drops in the house are plugged into. So that's that's how all the Ethernet then goes out to the rest of the house. So that's kind of my uh, my network closet from there. Um, but also in that closet, I went to, um, you could get them at Home Depot, you get them at Ikea, you could get them at Bed Bath & Beyond, wherever. But I, I found, and, and you probably a lot like me, I collect a lot of um, little gadgets and stuff. I've got chargers, I've got adapters, I've got all forms of little electronic-y gadget stuff that have to go somewhere. And so I bought a bunch of these small bins a little bigger than shoebox size. And I've got about four of them in this closet, all organized into these little bins so I can find things. So I've got like a, a bin of adapters and chargers. I've got, um, you know, a, another bin that has, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of organized into categories, but one's like, you know, stuff for the road. One is stuff to use at the house. Um, another one is, you know, stuff that, you know, I use sparingly and I could probably do a little bit better job of organizing them. But but all of these, you know, little things like little tripods and little mounts and um, cables and chargers and batteries, they're all in these little bins. So I know right where they are. I can go right to the closet and get them. Yeah, I, I see. I don't have any of that stuff in the, you know, the bedroom. I, I'm, I'm in this weird limbo area where I'm getting ready to set my own home office. But the uh, but we do have a like a technology closet. And ours is underneath the stairwell, you know, like Harry Potter. Uh, it's we the keep cupboard it down under there. the stairwell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And th so under there, I've got that's where the cable comes into the house. That's one of the reasons why it's going to be hard to get the uh, a hard wire up to the home office. Is I've got to get it upstairs somehow, and I don't know. I'll figure it out. But the um, but I've got it going in there, and I've got all the home automation stuff in there. You know the. Uh, you know, all the various hubs, the Sonos hub. And I, I've literally lost track of the number of hubs we have under there. But I've got a uh, Ethernet um, a router underneath there. And I've got the, that's where the Eero starts. But all that stuff is underneath there. And when, when Katie got on my case about uh, rightly getting uh, a UPS, I bought a second one that we put under there. So all the networking stuff is also on a protected circuit. And uh, I keep that all together. Also down there is the printers. Um, I know a lot of listeners don't need printers anymore, and bless you for that. But, you know, on the day job, I, I'm a lawyer. I send out letters and things. And when I when I quit the firm, one of the first purchases, actually I made two purchases off Amazon when I first got started. The first was a Brother Color Laser Printer. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know if it's still the best one or not, but I've had it now three and a half years or so, and it's working great. H, You know, I love their names. HLL. 8350CDW. It's about 400 bucks and it's a color laser printer. So I can do any kind of printing needs on it. And it's been really stable in terms of keeping a wireless connection to the iOS devices and the Macs throughout the house. So it's been great. And I also bought a, a fancy um, shredder, you know, because I knew I'd be getting a lot of stuff that I had to shred. 
I didn't want to get a, um, a junky little one. I spent one, I think I'll, I'll find it and put it in the show notes as well. I think it was in the neighborhood of a hundred bucks, but it's been just rock solid. Um, although a friend of mine recently told me that I'm supposed to be lubricating those blades. Did you know that, that you're supposed to lubricate your shredder blades? Mm-hmm. Yes. Actually, I just bought a shredder that I'm very happy with too. I have not been lubricating for like three years. So I'm, so I don't know. I, I ordered some, uh, some Bosch, uh, lubrication. So, so now I'm trying to, to, to catch up because I spent all that money on a shredder. I don't want it to fail on me, but how did I not know that, that you're supposed to do something to maintain that? But anyway, uh, so I, I bought those two and I keep all that stuff in the cupboard under the stairs and it works just fine for me. And it's, it's very central in the house, which is a great place to start the Wi-Fi because, uh, it, it hits every place downstairs. Oh, I forgot to tell you about my printers. I, I have a, I have a printer in that networking closet and that is a, an HP multifunction. It's an HP Envy printer. I don't think they make it anymore, so I won't put the link in the show notes. And honestly, when that printer dies, I won't replace it. Um, I This was um, kind of a Black Friday special printer. I originally bought this printer for my mom for um, a Black Friday a couple of Christmases ago, and it was such a good deal, and I needed a printer at the time. I bought a second for myself. Um, and it's one of these printers. It's fine. It prints. It scans. I don't think it faxes, um, but it has a flatbed scanner and it will print in black and white and in color. Um, but it's also one of these printers where, you know, you. I think I spent only like 40 bucks on the printer, but, you know, the ink costs you more than $40 each time you have to replace it. And it does a decent job, but the number of times that I have to print in color I, a year, I, I can probably count on one hand with fingers left over. So, um, I, when I, um, opened my law practice, I picked up and I, I got on this, um, the HP instant ink. Actually, you know, I think I started this when I went back to school. This has been years ago, uh, cause I was printing more. I, I picked up an, a subscription to HP instant ink because I, I did the math and it was a little less when I figured out how much I was spending each month or each year in ink. I went back and I looked at my Amazon purchase history for how much ink had I bought. It worked out to a little less expensive to do the the um, the kind of the lower tier HP Instant Ink subscription than it did to to buy ink for this printer. And so I did that for a couple of years, and it and it worked out fine. But then when I opened my law practice, I knew that I was doing a lot more printing. So taking kind of a cue from you, I went out and I bought a brother laser printer. Now I did not buy a color printer because I very, very seldom print in color. And I had this, this inkjet printer if I ever needed to print in color. So I went out and I bought the, uh, it was a hundred bucks. I think you can usually buy them on sale for 75 to 80. Uh, the brother um, pick that is the wire cutter pick. It's just a very basic black and white printer that is air print compatible. And I liked it so much. I got one for home too. And now that is my everyday printer. I've signed it up for um, the Amazon automatic replenishment service. So this this uh, printer will call Amazon and order itself ink when it needs some, which is kind of weird. Or toner, it doesn't use ink, it uses toner. But I think I buy ink a toner maybe. Um, I mean, at, at the law office, I was buying toner once a year. So um, I, I don't know how much this, I haven't, I haven't replaced it yet for this one at home yet. But um We'll see what what we do with that. And ever since, I have not used this uh, the inkjet that I had in my closet. So I canceled. I went to cancel the HP Instant Ink subscription. And you know, anytime like you probably just had this experience with your cable company, 
when you go to cancel one of these recurring subscription services, they say, but wait, 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 wait. If you don't cancel, we'll, we'll give you this deal um, type thing. And so I didn't realize, I don't think you can get this if you sign up for it, but if you sign up for an HP Instant Ink plan and then go to cancel it as a teaser, they gave me for free a 15 page a month um, subscription for free to HP Instant Ink. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if it will stay, but I was like, well, if you're going to give it to me for free and they haven't charged me in several months, I'll keep it. So on the very rare occasion that I have to print something in color, like I just had to print um, like a pretty gift certificate that I gave to somebody as a gift. I printed on that printer. And as long as that printer doesn't die, I'll, I'll keep doing that. It's way less than 15 pages a month. Getting the new ink for the brother laser printer is expensive. I mean, getting those cartridges, especially with color, because you have to replace them. Amazon has some third-party vendors and the ink isn't quite as good, but it, it works. But I, I do use the color all the time. I mean, in a, in a pinch, I'll even use it for letterhead. Um, and um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just in one of those rare businesses where you actually need to lay out paper and print things. And I make really fancy mediation briefs and other other things that I file with courts. Um, I try to be different than most lawyers in that way. And so I need color. And I just figure that's part of the cost. I also buy the heavy paper. You know, you can get heavier weight paper for these laser printers. And it's not that much more expensive and it dramatically, I think, improves the presentation. The printers do a better job laying ink on it. And when someone opens it up, it's got weight to it. I, I think that's a, a good way to go. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to you in part by Gazelle, the trusted online marketplace for buying and selling used electronics. If you're listening to my voice, I bet you've got a drawer in your house with some electronic gizmos in it. They're just sitting there collecting dust, not doing you any good. And maybe you think someday you're going to use them, but you really aren't. So why don't you just get rid of those and get some money for them? That's what you can do with our sponsor, Gazelle. Trade in your used Apple devices at gazelle.com, where they offer the best value for your devices. It's fast, easy, and free to get a custom quote for your gadgets. And they don't just buy, they also sell. While you're there, check out their huge inventory of iPhones, iPads, MacBooks, and more. Their devices are certified, pre-owned, and affordable. They're perfect for you and your loved ones. I've bought phones from gazelle.com over the years, and they're great. There's no risk with Gazelle. You just go online and get a quote for free. It's simple to find your gadget and answer a few easy questions about its condition, and you get an instant price quote. Most likely, Apple's going to be getting us some new devices in a couple months, so maybe now is the time to start cashing in those older devices while they still have value. Payments are fast. You can get a check in the mail, an Amazon gift card in your inbox, or a direct deposit in your PayPal account. So whether you're looking to sell some of your older devices to get a little extra cash, or maybe looking to buy something from Gazelle that's gone through their 30-point inspection process, you really can't go wrong either way. I've both sold and bought from Gazelle over the years. I like them because they're a trusted company. They give me the price. They send me the box. I don't have to meet some stranger from Craigslist. It's just a great way to turn your old devices into cash or get a certified used device at a great price. And when you head over to gazelle.com to buy or sell, make sure you let them know you heard about it at the Mac Power Users. So, Katie, I've got this weird thing going on in my life. Uh, for the first time, my first 
daughter is leaving the house. I mean, she's, she's ready to go. She's 21 years old. She's, she's killing it in college, but the school she needs to go to, to finish her degree, um, is in LA. And from where I live on some days, that means she'd sit in four hours of traffic, you know? And, um, and honestly, she's at the point in her life. I think she wants to kind of fly the coop a little bit. And, uh, so we're very excited for her. We're helping her get set up. But uh, as a dad, I am not one of those dads that couldn't wait for kids to leave. You know, I, I, I love having them around. They're more fun as they get older. Trust me on that. If you're out there with little kids, they even get more fun. And uh, I'm really sad about it. But at the same time, I am so excited about getting my own space. I, so I, I'm, I'm torn. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when is, when is this going to happen? She is up there today. We've already, she's got her apartment. And uh, she's moving her, uh, she's moving cabinets. You know, we have the minivan. She went up there today with some friends and another load. So um, I'm getting on it. We're, we're recording a little early because I'm taking a trip. I'm getting on a plane to London in two days. And then when I come back, by the time I come back, she's going to be completely moved out. But she's staying here while we're gone with my second daughter. And, uh, and they're going to have substantially. And what's happening is so the oldest daughter had the biggest bedroom. So when the oldest daughter leaves, the younger daughter is taking over that one. So, and then the, the second daughter has the 10 by 10 room, which is the smallest bedroom, but which is going to become Max Sparky headquarters. So by the time I get back from London, they're largely going to be vacated out of the Max Sparky headquarters. Um, I'm going to put new carpet in the, uh, the, the bigger room for the second daughter. So we'll have to like deal with some delay for that. But largely um, the room is going to be ready for me to start work when I return from our trip in mid July. So uh, I've got, and I've been thinking about this in the back of my head for, for a long time. There's a great app. I mentioned at the last, at the end of the last MPU plus episode called home design 3d. It's $10. Totally recommend it. Isn't it like home design 3d gold or something weird? Yeah. I bought the, the, the one you pay, they have the free one and the one you pay and the one you pay it's 10 bucks, but it has a ton of 3d assets in it. So I've been like, fantasizing about this i've got the the room designed in virtual space on my ipad and my iphone the app uses a as uses dropbox as a back end for syncing so you can work on it on any device and so i've been looking at different paint colors and how i'm going to arrange the room and i i'm just uh I, i'm a little sad i don't want my older daughter to think she can't come back home but we've got a sofa bed and honestly i need the space i either need to go rent space somewhere or i need to do this but because of the video stuff that I've been very cryptic about throughout this episode, uh, ideally a uh, space at home would be best because I'm going to be doing recording and things like that. Um, so I, I'm very excited about this. I've got, I'm going to, my plan is to move the big desk. We spent this whole episode talking about, but I also got, uh, when my mother passed away, there's this family heirloom desk. It's a secretary desk that came from Massachusetts and it's gorgeous. And I want an analog desk. So I'm going to have two desks in the office, you know, one to sit and write and pay bills on and, and just do normal writing stuff and one for digital work, which is where I'll spend most of my time. And then I'm also going to be setting up the room as a sort of recording studio because I'm doing so much screencasting and video stuff that I need a place for that. So I'm going to try and do i'm going to try and do the walls right and like it's got these really ugly closet doors which i'm going to do exactly what you were saying i was taking notes while you were talking i'm going to fill that closet with all my technology so everything's in one place and i can get to it very easily but i'm going to replace the closet doors and this will be in the background for most video shoots 
And I decided I'm going to probably do on um, shoji screens. You know what those are? No. I, well, kind of. Are, are those the, like those Asian screens that you can? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's made with very fine woodworking and some rice paper. And they, they look really attractive. And, and I think I'm going to even apply um, stone to that wall. You know, they have this like stone you can glue to the wall. So it'll look really nice. And then a shoji screen. It'll be a nice background. And then, and then behind that will be the closet with the stuff in it. And then I'm, I'm doing, there's a whole, there's a whole thread on this, by the way, in the talk.macpowerusers.com. So if you want to give me advice or tell me what I'm doing wrong, please let me know. Cause I'm about ready to spend a big pile of money on it, but I'm going to put a cork floor in it. I've been researching floors. I, I have allergies. I would rather not have car- carpet, but for podcasting carpet's always good because it's sound absorbent, but. Apparently, cork is also very sound observant, so I'm going to put cork flooring in. And uh, I had always thought that when I got my own space, I'd put a big comfy chair in there where I could take naps or read my iPad. But it's 10 by 10, and I'm going to have two desks in there, and I'm going to have like a table that I can uh, do video behind, you know, like to stand at a table, and that's it. There's not going to be room for a chair. So I'm excited about that. I, I've decided that I think what I'm going to do for the table to stand behind while I shoot video. Um, I was at Home Depot the other day and I was looking at those rolling tool chests and it's the perfect height and they're not that expensive and it's on wheels and I could store stuff in it too. So I think I may use that for my my stand behind desk for video work. And then my pal Liana Lahua, who's on our show quite often and does a lot of uh, video production is helping me. We're going to probably install some lights into the ceiling and just kind of set it up right. So when I want to shoot video, I can just push a few buttons and throw a switch and get it all done. So, but the project's going to take a bunch of work. I, I'm very handy. Usually I do my own home improvement stuff, but I think I'm going to probably hire an electrician because I want to do the lighting right, especially if we're going to put video lighting in. I want to make sure that it's safe and has the right circuitry. And, um, and that's when I'm probably going to run the cable runs. And I may end up hiring somebody to do the flooring because I've, I've only done flooring a couple times and I've never been really that happy with my uh, my abilities on that. So we'll see. But it's going to be very exciting for me and uh, probably nobody else in the world, but you guys will have to hear about it anyway. So this is going to be exclusively an office for you. You're not going to do any kind of hybrid guest room. You're not going to put anything in there for for other people. It's going to be just an office. Yeah, yeah. My sister's giving me a, a ton of trouble about it. She's like, you got to put a futon in there. So when Sam comes home, she can have her own room. And I'm like, that's great, but we have a very small house and I really need the space. <laughs> so, uh, so what I told Sam was we have a really nice sofa bed uh, downstairs, which she s- sleeps on sometimes when her. There's, there's no such thing as a nice sofa bed. They're all bad. Well, whatever. We just we, we talked about it. I said, look, they got that bar. And the no. if something in her life happens that she needs to come back home, we will unwind it all. That's but I just don't think that's probably going to happen, to tell you the truth. Um, but but I am. Uh, so that's that's the other part I feel guilty about is like immediately doing this. Although I have to admit, my parents did the same thing to me when I went out when I moved out for law school. I came home like two weeks later and my old room was just gone. It was like a craft room or something. And my mom, I think she was, she was like getting the paint cans out as I was driving down the street. Uh, so I guess that's a sparks tradition. At the, uh, <laughs> well, let me, let me give you perhaps not you, but maybe our, our listeners, a couple of ideas because I have, I have researched options for making a nice hybrid space that you could sleep guest in and also have an office. 
Um, I, I know this sounds a little old fashioned. People don't think about this very often, um, but possibly a Murphy bed. Uh, are you familiar with what that is? I know a lot of people aren't, but um, we actually have a store here in town who does custom Murphy beds. And I don't really have a, because of the way that this, I would totally get one, but the way that my room is set up, it's a, it's a room over the, um, over the garage. And so it doesn't have full size ceilings. It's, it, it kind of almost looks like an attic room because you know how that has kind of the, the angled ceilings. So I can't fit a full size um, Murphy bed in this room. But if if you have a more standard room, you can get a Murphy bed, which is a bed that folds up like into usually um, either into the wall or more so into a piece of furniture and looks like a shelving unit. So when you're not using it, the bed folds up into a shelving unit and you've just got shelves and then if you need to, you can pull down the bed. So it's a it's a good option for, uh, especially if you have the floor space underneath that you can you can pull down, you can have shelving, you know, for the 99% of the time that you use it as a home office. And then if you need to sleep guest, you can do it there. Um, the other option, and, but they can be kind of expensive to to get a nice one. But if you're um, if you're using it for a, a nice room with a nice piece of furniture, it's 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 a good way to go. Um, the other option, which is a way that that I've gone in one of my other rooms in the house, is to get a daybed. So I got a nice mahogany daybed that um, I've got in in one of my other rooms. That's probably that daybed is probably going to come up into this office at some point. I I kind of bought it with this this office in mind, and you can dress a daybed more like a twin bed. It's a twin bed mattress, but you can dress it a lot like. Um, uh, like a sofa, depending on if, how you dress it with pillows and, and those types of things, and especially if you put it up against a wall. And so it can be more functional like a sofa or more like a lounge space, but it it definitely, it's it's a twin bed at the end of the day that you can sleep. And then mine actually has a trundle underneath. So you can pull the trundle out either as a second twin bed and sleep, you know, like two people, or the trundle will pop up to full size and then it converts to a king. So you can either have it as a as one king bed with the trundle that pops underneath, or you can use it like as as two uh, smaller beds for two individuals. Yeah, I mean, see, the problem I have is this room is just so small; it's ten by ten, and there's just not much room in there. If I put even a Murphy bed in there, it's going to um, substantially decrease the value of the room to me as a home office, and uh, I need it. So I, I'm just going to go with it, and uh, you know consequences be damned i guess we'll figure out like i said i told my daughter if you need to come back we i will unwind it we'll make it work but i i don't think that's going to happen and i think we'll be fine the other thing i'm doing it's interesting because the room by the way if you go to that link in the show notes and look at the post i did i, I actually give you my um i uh, screenshots from my uh, home design app so you can see how i'm setting it up there's a door in the room because it, there's two it's a track home so there's two uh, there's the master bedroom with the master bath, but then there's two kids' bedrooms is what they are meant to be, and they have a shared bathroom. It's a Jack and Jill bath. Yeah, exactly. So my my second daughter is going to have that bathroom to herself when her sister moves out. I'm literally going to put a bookcase in front of the door to the bathroom. I, I honestly don't want to go in there when she takes over. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, so, you know, it's like every inch of this room I have, I've like accounted for and, uh, and I haven't like made final decisions. Is cork flooring really the answer for a podcast studio? But I think it probably is. And uh, I haven't made all my final decisions. So I, I'd love to hear if you guys have experience with this stuff. But 
uh, part of me is really excited about it. Yeah, I think there's there's good reason to be excited. I'll, I'll uh, I'm sure we'll we'll talk more about this on a on MPU Plus as your your plan comes together. But I I love my my home office. It it was one of the it was really the selling point for well the location was the selling point for this house. But I I looked at two houses in this neighborhood, and when I saw this house and I saw this bonus room. I immediately knew that this this house was going to be or that this room was going to be my office. And um, that was why I chose to buy this house as opposed to the other house in the neighborhood, because I, I realized that I was going to spend so much time working in this room, separate and apart from the other house, that it had a lot of long term implications for me. And that while I still do have an office, um, you know, for for meeting with other people and doing things like that for for my work. Um, you know, on, on the weekends and then even sometimes during the week, I get a lot of work done here. I've always been the type of person who I need to have a dedicated office space away from home to be able to get work done. Um, and for me, I come up the stairs, I shut the door and I've, I've got my own little space and I really don't need to go back down to the rest of the house really until I'm ready to leave work. Yeah, see, I could see myself doing that as well. I, I, I'm so ready for that. It, it is hard um, working next to your bed because then you go to bed and you look at your computer there and you know there's work that needs to be done. It, I would like to separate the functions of the rooms. And um, the other thing is, you know, and this is so often the case, I love throwing things away. I'm a minimalist to a fault. You know, I get rid of, I just get rid of a lot of stuff. And the uh, my wife, on the other hand, likes to keep stuff. So. You know, it's a, um, you know, and we share a bedroom. So she's got stuff. She's got knickknacks. She's kept, I don't want any of that stuff. So when I get my little uh, office, it's going to be very, it's going to be exactly how I want it. Says the man with Chewbacca on his desk. Well, I mean, that's an important piece of furniture. Now let's be clear. Don't, don't, don't question Chewbacca. But anyway, I think I've probably drug on about this enough, but uh, very excited to do that. Um, it's a fun thread. If you've got an interesting home set up, uh, or ideas for us, you should weigh in at the discourse forum at talk.macpowerusers.com. Love to hear how you're doing your home office. There's so many smart people listening to our show that uh, I, I'm I'm kind of convinced that talking about this on the show now, I'm going to be able to crowdsource and hear from somebody that knows a ton about it and, and give me some good advice. So that was a little selfish, right? Well, I wish you told me about your, your iMac Pro, because uh, I might have been able to take your iMac off of your hands. But um I guess I'll just keep plugging along with with my setup for for now, but I'm I'm happy for you. I'm happy for your uh, opportunity to get your your new home office, and excited to see what what things that uh, come out of the new Max Sparky Empire. So, uh, until next time, uh, we will see you all in the Mac Power Users Forum. We do want to say thanks to our sponsors for this episode: Anchor, Smile, Fujitsu, and Gazelle. And we will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.